0: Oh, goodness, I do hope that uh, you're not all going to completely turn off when I say that once again, and right the way through this summer period, yes, I'm talking about giving. Today, I'm talking about giving and prayer. I'm talking about um, prayer and giving and prayer. Uh, 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 like a, a sort of a, a giving sandwich. Prayer before and prayer at the end. Uh, those of you who pick up the monthly brief, which is produced from us By Claire, every week, we'll we'll know what is said. It says, Growing in generosity is an essential part of our identity as a disciple of Jesus. It's a while since we focused on this at St. Giles. Monthly giving has dropped. Um, PCC felt that attention to biblical principles should be given. So, over the summer into the autumn, a number of the Sunday Bible reading sermons will focus on these topics. The great news for you is that when you've got Peter here, he's not going to talk about giving at all. You can relax and enjoy those. Um, But what I'm not going to do is tell you when I'm going to be here, because otherwise none of you will turn up. Right. (laughs) Okay, well, those of you who are on the PCC uh, will know that whereas at the AGM um, we were told about our finances were not good... um, Uh, those figures have been updated and it looks like we're going to have to use about a quarter of our church resources to cover 2021 and as you will have known because I mentioned it on a number of occasions now giving has dropped from about 180,000 in the last year or so down to about 140,000 which is a drop Uh, whereas um, um, expenditure has gone from 220 and is going in the other direction there is a gap in between the two. So the time has come where we actually do need, as a church, to sort of sit down and sort of think about that and be careful that we don't sleepwalk into penury. Uh, By that I mean we don't sleepwalk ourselves into a situation where we have to turn round to other churches in the diocese and say, look, we we can't, you know, we're a very affluent area, but We need you to subsidize us, if that's all right with the rest of you. We don't want to be in that position. Um, Our level of giving at the moment, um, and I talk about myself and Sheila as well, because we are just as not guilty of this, but in the same position, is pretty low. Um, uh, um, I'm not an accountant exactly, but uh, um, uh, I think of about 180 adults who belong to this church in the various congregations. You divide that into the 140,000 pounds of giving, which includes tax back, and roughly equates to cups of coffee on each of the weekdays of the month. That's about the level, the average level. Obviously, many of you give a lot, lot more than that, and some of you give um, less than that. So it's low. Uh, On my report at school, it would sometimes say those words, there is room for improvement. Um, none of you know exactly what I mean, but there's room for improvement. I, g- I guess the question might be, how come we've got to this stage? And I'm talking about us, talking about Christopher and Sheila now, and I think probably the reason is that over having been here nine years, we came in and we gave a certain amount of money, and since then, um, the impression somehow has always been given that you don't need to worry, St. Giles is fine. People are dying here, there and everywhere and leaving money, we can all sit back and give our money to other things. So we haven't increased our giving to St. Giles. Um, we've given it to other churches and other charities, mm. which is all very well and good. But the reality is that, goodness knows why, but you're just not dying fast enough at the moment. And, uh, and therefore, you know, we need to sort this out. And again, repeating what I've said before, the PCC is very concerned. They don't want, when people come on interview you know, to this church, they don't want to be told, well, of course, you do realize that when you come, the first thing you're going to have to do is sort out the giving and the finance. And much better to be able to say, yeah, we've got an issue and we're addressing it, and congregation have responded magnificently. That's all in order. So um, what will happen is that sometime in September, I won't give you the date because you won't turn up, but Chris Lane... Who is our treasurer. He will come and present the financial facts to you. I will be here to give the waffle before and after, but he will give you the facts. And then you'll have two or three weeks in which to pray and think about your contribution. And my hope and prayer is that um, two days before that response on the first Sunday in October, a harvest service, What will happen is that people will come into the church, it's Friday, so it'll be open. People doing the flowers and getting the harvest stuff ready, and music group be here, and things like that. Come in and pray before God and ask God what each of us are required to do as a way of response. And then on the Sunday, having had a day of fellowship and maybe a harvest supper on the Saturday. What we'll do is we'll come to church. We will bring our offerings either up here or somewhere at the back and, you know, hand our responses in. And very soon after that, Chris Lane will come out and he will weep openly in front of you and say, it's a miracle, it's a miracle. You've all responded and we can we can all rejoice and move on to more important things. I'm looking so forward to being able to preach on something other than money. Um, so, anyway, that's... That's the outline. That was just the introduction. Um let me just say something about prayer first of all. And if I could sort of tell a sort of personal story, just put this in some sort of context. Of our four children, Thomas, our third child, is the least practical. I mean, we knew this really almost from the time he was born. He's younger sister by fourteen months had to do everything for him. She had to open doors for him. He had no idea how to open anything at all. He couldn't open up an envelope. As for pass the parcel, forget it. If he got it and the music stopped, he'd just pass it on. No way could he do anything. And you know at school they do these aptitude tests and skills things and things like that. Well, when it came to spatial awareness on that quadrant, have any of you have done those he got 1%, which actually we were quite impressed with because we had no idea that he had anything at all. Um, uh, somehow, um, uh, Thomas has survived. Um, we don't know how, but he, but, he, but he has survived with the help of lots of other people. Um, uh, I mean, he's a lawyer, and uh, you know he earns more than the rest of the family put together, but he's, he's, he's survived. Um, one of the lovely things about all our children is that they do speak to us all the time, which is, which is lovely. Usually, they're asking for money, but let's not go there. Um, anyway, sometime, before he got married, no, no, before he had three children, he gave me uh, a call, as he often did, and just said Dad, just a little bit of practical advice. I'm off to Sweden on business this week. Becky's, I see wife, off to Washington on business. Um, uh, upstairs in our bathroom, we've got behind the lavatory there's a container that looks like it's china and there's a sort of a there's a a crack in it and occasionally some water comes out do you think it would be all right just to put some sellotape over that while we're away no i said no what you need to do is you need to go up there now and you need to isolate it mean close the door i said no i said no you need to go to the toilet yourself and behind what's called the cistern, or there, you'll see there's a pipe. Pipe comes up from the ground, and it goes into the cistern. And that's how the water gets in there, that makes it a flush. If you trace the pipe down, you'll come to a valve. A valve, he said. Yeah, feel your way down. Go up there now. Yes, oh, oh yes, there is something here. He said. Now, I said, there should be a little screw head there. Can you see a little screw head? Well, there's something there, he said. <laughs> well, I said... Has he got just a little line through it? Um, and uh, he said, yes, sort of. Two lines, actually. Ah, I said. Uh, that means it's a, uh, a special screwdriver. I said, do you remember when you got married, we gave you a toolbox? <laughs> and he yes, he said, yes. And do you remember what you said at the time? Yes, I said, why would I need a toolbox, Dad? I get a man in. I said, right, well, you need to go to that toolbox now and you need to get out um, a Phillips screwdriver. Mm. And when you say a Phillips screwdriver, do you mean that's against a Panasonic one or a Sony one? (laughs) No, no, I said, it's one with a little cross at the end. And what you need to do is you need just to turn it 90 degrees. OK, said Dad, OK. So, clop, 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 clop. In the background, I hear a woman screaming. Um... Clock, 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 clock. Dad, dad, dad. Um, it's Becky downstairs. Apparently, water's pouring through the ceiling. What do I do? What do I do? Flush the loo. Flush the loo. Ring up a man and get a man in to do something. Four hours later, it's all sorted out. Yes, there's a claim, you know, to sort out the hall later on. There we are. Now, why do I tell that silly story to start with? Well, because do I mind our children coming to us? constantly asking for things, talking to us. Of course we don't, because we're their parents. We love our children. We love it when our children come to us. And God is our Heavenly Father. And uh, he loves it when we come to him and when we talk to him. And in that reading we heard today, read to us by Sam, you have what we call the the Lord's Prayer. It probably really should be the disciples' prayer. It's a prayer for us rather than for Jesus. But in that prayer, notice a number of things. Notice, first of all, how brief it is. It's brevity. It's very, very short. A child can memorize it and know it, and yet the deepest saint will never exhaust its richness. Um, And notice, secondly... That it speaks first about not our needs, but God's needs. Have you ever noticed that? It talks first about God's needs. First, God's need, and that is recognition of his parenthood. You know, our father. You know, he is our father. And sometimes that penny needs to drop, that moment, when we realise that God is our father. Um, some of you are, like me, really old and remember going along and seeing Star Wars for the first time and being wowed by that. And some of you may remember that moment towards the end where Darth Vader says, Luke, I am your father. And, uh, well, there needs to be almost that moment of goodness again and again when we realize that, yes, God is our father. It's a wonderful thing to know and to experience the fatherhood of God. We recognize his parenthood. We recognize his purity. You know, our God is pure. He's holy. I got berated the other day by a taxi driver. car was in the garage. And uh, he said to me on the way back home, he said, "Um, you Christians, he said, it amazes us that you Christians... You know, when people say terrible things about God or Jesus, you don't say anything. Um, you know, we we hold your Jesus in more reverence, we sometimes think, than you Christians do. Um, and uh, I thought about that. Uh, I'm not suggesting you go around and cut people's throats on account of it, but m- maybe sometimes we do need to stand up and say something, or say something gently when people use the name of of God irreverently. Uh, and certainly we need to encourage our children to use the name of God and Jesus reverently. Uh, Marilyn is not here this morning, so I've used this this before, but I remember talking about this many years ago, and Marilyn and Sam and Hazel were here, and um, we were talking about this, and Marilyn said about people using the name of Jesus, she said, if I'm on the bus and people use the name of Jesus in an appropriate way, um, I'd just say something like, oh, how sweet the name of Jesus sounds in a believer's ear. Probably drove them bonkers. But she said, had the impression, had the, uh, the, 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 the effect of actually stopping people sometimes in their tracks. Just to know that, um, you know, for some people, the name of Jesus is very important. And then uh, there's his power, the power of God. Almighty God. You know, God is almighty, all-powerful. Okay, in this world, you know, people do not always bow the knee, but as with the, the chorus that we had, there will come a day where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. So we talk about God's needs, first of all, and only then do we start talking about our needs. And what do we ask for? Food, bread, just the basics. We don't ask and expect a new car every year. We don't expect all the luxuries, and I uh, think. We pray for our basic needs, for food. Um, and then we pray for forgiveness. And that's just as essential. Forgiving other people, being forgiven. It's for our spiritual health. You know, we all know people, and sometimes we've been in that position ourselves, where we find it you now impossible to either forgive someone, um, or we see other people just not being prepared to forgive and we see the terrible effects it has on them and on us if we don't forgive and we need to know God's forgiveness and we need to know and give the forgiveness for others so let we pray for forgiveness and then finally we pray for freedom lead us not into temptation goodness you know the effect of temptation the destructive effect on families on communities because of temptation, not asking for freedom—you know, political freedom. We're not praying, you know, um, um, for freedom, you know, from oppressive regimes. No praying for freedom, personal freedom. Um, let me just say something now about something in the middle: uh, giving. I said something about um, prayer. I'll come back to prayer at the moment. Let me say something about giving. Now, last week, was it two weeks ago, whenever I spoke last, and a good number of you were here, and apologies to you, but I spoke about experience in a former church. And afterwards, I was sort of berated by a number of people. Well, actually, just two people. Um, One was a person who said, The trouble is with your stories, Christopher, that when you get excited, you get faster and faster, and we cannot hear what you are saying. So I am going to say this again very slowly. And then the second person who berated me was my wife, which we would expect. And she said, darling, you completely missed the point. (laughs) Thanks, darling. Thank you. But yes, I did. So you're going to get it again. All right, get it again. Apologies, apologies. Right, so as I told you, Two weeks ago, went to this church. Horrendous state. Everything was wrong with it. After a year, said, "Right, we've got to gut the church, redo the lighting, redo the amplification, put in loose, put in the kitchen, put in a new thing at the back." Um, and uh, the PCC said, uh, "That's lovely. And how much do you think that would cost?" And I said, "Well, I've had an architect in. The quantity of fair. I'm speeding up a hundred thousand pounds." and they said, with a turnover, an income of 30,000, which just managed to break even every year, they said, and uh, how do you think we're going to do that? So I said, well, I think we can do it in three days, and we won't need to get 100,000, we need to get 111,000 so that we can give the first tithe, the first 10% to God. They'd never heard of what a tithe is, so I explained that principle, that or everything comes from God, and we give the first 10% back to God. And, uh, and they said, you think you'll do it in three days? Yes, I said, I think we'll do it in three days. Well, I was really hoping and praying we'd do it in three days. And they looked at me, as people do, as if to say, you are off your rocker, aren't you? But we'll give you a go Let's see how it goes. So we had our day, first of all, of prayer. I asked for a day of prayer and fasting on the Friday and I encouraged people, I said, come along to church, it'll be open, come to church and pray about it, because in all the things that we do as believers, I believe that the right thing first of all, not afterwards, but afterwards as well, but first of all, is to pray, is to come before God, not listen to all the people around us and all the voices in our heads, but to pray and come into God's presence. And I have to say, I was really surprised that so many people did come in during the day and prayed. And then we had a day of Harvest Festival, a lovely day of fellowship, and then we had a day of giving. Before the appeal, we sent a little note round to everybody in the locality, and a thousand pounds in little bits and pieces of money came in, which was lovely and encouraging. And on the day, people came up to the front, there was a basket at the front, they brought their vegetables and their carrots and their tins and all the rest, and in the basket they put their responses in. And during the service, the responses were added up in the back. And at the end of the service, um, the treasurer came out, went up into the pulpit, and he announced that the congregation had given £40,000. And there was a gasp. And it wasn't one person who had given lots and lots. It was right across the board. Almost everyone in the church, about 93% who worked out, had responded. And... Um, and, joy of joys, on the day of prayer and fasting, Doris died and went straight to heaven. I know how well she went straight to heaven because shortly before she died, she changed her will. She wasn't going to give any money to the church, but she changed it. And she left half her estate to the vicar and the wardens. Bless you, Doris. Thank you. I will always bless Doris. But those of you you know, who are good at mathematicians, when you hear that, the first tranche of that was a cheque for £70,000. If you add up the 70000 and the 40 and the one, you come to £111,000. God had answered our prayers. Um, did it end there? And a little bit more I didn't tell you last week. And that was this that um, afterwards, one of the church wardens, um, when he found out about the £70,000, from Doris said to me, we stood round the font, and he said, "Christopher he said that seventy thousand pounds left by Doris was not left to the appeal, so we will not be giving ten percent of that away." And I had to sort of remonstrate with him. It took about half an hour, and I just kept saying, "But if we've come to God, and we've asked Him for one hundred eleven thousand pounds, and then we and we say we're going to give ten percent back to Him first and to other works." If we don't do it now, is that a good thing? Is that a good look, as they would say now? I didn't say that then. And finally, through gritty teeth, he agreed. And we gave £7,000 away. And then, about two weeks later, um, Eileen Trumbull, who was the, uh, the vice chair of the PCC, I'm looking at Al now, it's all right, Al, have you done your will, and, uh, uh, and she left to the church eight thousand pounds so we got our money back and a little bit more and again the church warden came to me and said now that was definitely not left of the peel we are not going to give 800 pounds of that away and i repeated the same things and after about half an hour he very reluctantly and grudgingly agreed and we gave 800 pounds away a few weeks later lord crook who was a boy, had been in the choir in the church. He was a labor peer put there by Harold Wilson. Anyone old enough to remember Harold Wilson? He appointed a number of peers. And this guy was a docker, a union man, and Lord Crook. And he left us a 1,000 pounds. And at that point, the church warden said, you can have your 100 pounds (laughs) here. A few weeks later, across the road, A lady who never came to church but could look into the church died and she left us a hundred pounds. She too went straight to heaven. Um, What did we learn as a church? And it isn't something I've made up as a good story. What did we learn as a church from that? We learnt that all things come from God and that anything we give back to God has come from him first and that we should give to him first. And throughout my ministry there, we learned that, and there was never, ever, ever anyone who suggested that we might not tithe our giving <coughs> or the money that had come in through whatever. Um, we would give 30, 40,000 pounds uh, away ev- every year. And when we built the first extension to double the size of the church, and it cost us 800,000 pounds, we gave 10% of that away. And when we had to double the church again, and built another extension of 1.5 million pounds, they gave the first 10% away from the congregation. So we can never give back to God more than he has given to us. That's a little lesson about giving to God. Just that reminder that first of all, it comes from him. Let me say something about prayer to finish on. And that is that on the 30th of September, uh, which is the Friday before the day when people will respond to the congregation, I really would encourage you to give up a little time to come to church privately and to sit down before God and to ask him what is required of you. Um, And only then, not listening to other people, not listening to those other voices that say, isn't it about time you had more cups of coffee uh, or whatever, but only then, you know, do you sort of fill out those forms and, and put in your response. And then I'd encourage you to come on the 2nd of October and to bring your responses together with other things that you bring for harvest before God. Remembering and rejoicing in the truth that everything we have comes from God. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we know that everything that we are, everything we have is yours first of all. Uh, help remind us, Lord, as we go through this day and this week, that we are yours, we are your children. You love us. You have your purposes for us. And help us in the days that we have left, that we first of all seek to do and be the people you've called us to be. We pray this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Hannah and the worship group again to lead us in our worship by way of response.